Hey everyone. All right, it's hot in New York. Wherever I hope you're well wherever you are. Um what I've noticed is one thing actually many things but this one thing that occurs to me as I see it very clearly today is you know trauma creates default positions. So it you're almost like on a leash of whatever it is that you suffered. So, for example, if you suffered rejection, you know, they didn't see you didn't care. You might be chasing men or women to fill that kind of uh that hole, right? You're looking to it's an energy that's always in movement and is like, you know, fully fueled. So in rejection, you know, the leash is, you know, the leash, the leash is, I've got to find someone, you know, to not reject me. Um, In my case, it was pure terror. So I was always looking for safety, you know, make it, make everything work. I I suppose that's why I'm in the architectural business, because it's an, you have to have an organizing principle for things to work. But it's always about mitigating fear and looking for plateaus of safety, um, trying to be, you know, the one that fixes, that secures the situation, right? So, and whatever that task is, and the task is an outcome of the trauma, whatever that trauma is, it's going to give you a task just sort of fill the hole. Um, I can't go back and undo what happened, right? I can't go back and say, or perhaps I can, perhaps I'm completely wrong, actually, perhaps in, if I was more connected energetically, I could actually re um, create that past and not make it happen, right? Who knows, but in my own limited view, this thing happened. And therefore, there was an outcome to it, right? So the terrified, abused, sexually, etc. So I'm, my thing is that I don't, you know, my thing as a child was I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I've got to mitigate that terror. If it's, you know, your parents rejected you or whatever or refused you, then I'm looking to be accepted, right? And, and everything that you do, it doesn't matter whether you're climbing the Himalayas or building a huge company or just flipping a burger at McDonald's. The, the reason for the doing is rooted in this eclipsed part of who you are. And it's like being a dog on a leash. You're only let out so far, but then you're pulled back in. So you're really in a fortress and you've got to tear down the walls to get out. Um, So that to me has been sort of, after all, you know, the seeing for me has been, okay, I need to connect the dots. For me, it was like I was walled off from the trauma, so I never knew what the trauma was, but I was acting out the response to it all the time mitigating safety and looking for safe safety everywhere in other people because I you know it's like you're being evicted so you're kind of finding a home in everyone 
because someone's taken over your own soul. So I think one of the things is to actually understand like what is it that I do and it's usually repetitive so it's like a pattern it doesn't happen suddenly it's always happening it's always under the surface uh, under every conversation every breath every move every decision is this ravenous wound of a trauma that's demanding sort of to be fed to be fixed now I can't go back and say to that piece of evil look you know don't do what you did because it's already been done or go to a mother and say love me because if she can't love if she didn't love then she's not loving now right so um but what we but what we can do and I think a big part of the healing is to register first and foremost um to find First of all, you've got to register the trauma, right? So I had no idea what the trauma was. I was just in constant reaction, reaction, reaction. It's like like a sped up um, movie. The frames are going at 10 zillion a second, right? So it's because the trauma is so huge that you're just going to die all the time. Oh, my God. So everything is, yes, I'm going to do this. So the first part is, is to somehow slow down, have... Some find, even if it's five minutes, to slow down, it's almost like a monster's running after you. You know, like the earth is collapsing and you're falling into this vast abyss. And if you stop, somehow you're going to die, right? So the thing is to somehow find a way to slow down. And I'm talking, you can do it with, you know, people do it with drugs and stuff and weed. And I don't know, but the thing is that to actually be present to the slowing down, Right, so meditation is a great way to just begin to slow down this, you know, Herculean, you know, fuel, like jet fuel trauma that is kind of moving everything in your system, hidden but moving everything. It's propelling you everywhere but nowhere because actually the trauma keeps you in place. You think you're doing things, but you're not. It's just. Literally, you're running on hot coals, but you're not going anywhere. So to register just for what is, like, what am I responding to? Um, just to slow down enough. And you don't have to do it like, oh, I can't sit for more. doesn't matter. You do it for five minutes. You do, every day, you just practice a little. Like, like um, you know, if you work out, you know. You work out, you do, you know, five pounds, seven pounds. Every day is a little, it's incremental growth. And I can't remember who it was. It was on one of these podcasts. This guy was saying, you know, I had to get this guy to, you know, really build muscle. And it was incremental. It was little, it doesn't have to be, it's not that like, oh, it could happen today, 1-800 today. No, just make it into a five-year plan and another five-year plan, whatever it is, but just make it like brushing your teeth every day. I'm going to sit for five minutes and register in silence what's going on. Five minutes, ten minutes. Just who is here right now? Like, who am I right now? I don't know who I am. I still don't. But, like, what are the feelings that are being, that you can see? But first you've got to see that there's even shit going on, right? So, if you can register... And then little by little begin to register like I had this 
thing where I had a business partner who came in and who was extraordinarily angry and I started shaking. I'm like, she's like two foot off the floor and angry and it's like, why am I scared of the dog? I'm not doing call her a dog, she's a lovely human being, but like, why? And actually I am scared of dogs for different reasons. So, so what is that fear? What is that response? It's nothing to do with a human being that's in front of you. It's not the girlfriend that doesn't like you. It is something, or the woman that doesn't look the right way at you when you're, you know, the guy that doesn't look at you the right way when you're doing whatever. It is, it's this kind of frozen tableau. You're living in a frozen, imagine you're on stage, scene three, act two. Actually, it's actually scene one. Perhaps it's even the prologue. But something happened in that arrival lounge. It's like a, it's like an airport when you arrived where you didn't get very far because you were ambushed. And I really love that term, ambush, because it's an ambush. I certainly think of it as an ambush. That something happened in the most, it was the most perilous situation. You were powerless, you were helpless, and you had no responsibility. And I really have to underline this, no responsibility. I cannot take responsibility as a two-year-old or a three-year-old. I cannot. And if that tableau is frozen, it's also very difficult to go take responsibility as an adult because of the way that that thing is wired and how powerful uh, a you know, piece of dynamite it is. So I had to be very, you have to tiptoe around kind of it. It's like being a suicide. I mean, I don't mean to be that suicide, but it's a bit like you're carrying this very charged piece of dynamite and you're the bomb detector you're the one that's got to take those wires apart and it is ravenous and it is fueled and it has ruled you your whole life because it's trauma and it was terror so first and absolutely before everything is really total love and compassion address this as you would a little child like a little scared child is you be very very careful and really understanding about how it feels so it might take you a day, it might take you an eternity, but keep going back to that little child and making it safe, right? Keep going back. <clears throat> and it's got layers and layers and layers. So keep looking at the layers. Each one, everything is layered up with armor that's hiding the terror and the fear. And there'll be a bunch of layers, like a lot of wires in a bomb, that you have to gently disarm. And you do that with love. And like a parent or a child, it's, it, it's patience, it's love, it's acceptance of whatever is coming up, whatever the crazy that came out of your trauma. You might have the most crazy fantasies, the, the most the weirdest, awfulest things. But again, don't see it for that. See it for the armor and the dysfunction that emerged and was coded up after the most horrific, you know, act upon a child, which is whatever that is, hitting it, hurting it, in any way, abusing that little thing, that little piece of divinity. So yes, find a, there are many forms and ways of getting to it. And the easiest is meditation. You know, again, I don't believe in all the ritual around it, but I, I see how it has a place in order to begin the process of entering into this zone and 
I went to a Zen place here in New York. There are tons of them everywhere. There are meditations all over the world, centers all over the world. And also yoga, which is a really powerful, again, a slowing down process. I need to slow down the momentum of the trauma. I need to like begin to take away its power and its ownership over me. And in order to do that, you have to slow down and be present for this moment, even if it's for five minutes. And then little by little, you can begin to register and actually have a view of what's going on. So I can honestly say I was completely blinded. I had no idea of anything. My trauma was, you know, revving up this machine of my armor and this ego, this whole thing at a zillion miles an hour. There was nothing that was gonna stop it. That's why I literally had to be thrown off the cliff by the universe and go through a really horrific divorce um, because I literally had to be thrown off a cliff to break. I was so armored up. And it, that's the thing that stopped it, right? Um, and usually the universe, if you can't do it, it will do it for you. There'll, there'll be some awful tragedy or something will happen that you will be forced because it's so monumental to sit down and to actually see what happened. And even from then, it was a long journey for me. I, I was thrown off a cliff and I was like, yeah, I can deal with this. But it was like, no, this is, I have to see this. this what, did, what just happened? I lost everything. The Titanic just sank. What the fuck? It was like, you know, why? And when you take, when I say responsibility for, <clears throat> for what happened, <clears throat> that's the first step. Like, okay, I married the person. I made the choice. I whatever, you know, if you just say, okay, I made that friendship. I chose that job. I did it, right? So that's a responsibility. Okay, and in that respect, it's actually, you take responsibility for that action. I wasn't aware when I made that choice. I really wasn't. We aren't aware when we make choices from dysfunction. But you can claim responsibility, right? I made that decision. Who made that decision? Why did I make that decision? And you might not know there are no answers at the beginning. They're just questions questions but once you take responsibility and say okay I I'm not going to blame anyone right now I can't blame anyone I mean we're both responsible for the action right he married me for a reason I married him you know I chose that job you know they chose me so that's the first part of beginning to register what's really navigate what, what's eclipsed in you I really love that notion of eclipse it's like it's just dark it can also be light but it's in the dark it's in the shade it's in the shadow right and because in my instance it was very difficult to see to even be near the trauma I have no idea there was trauma I was so blinded by what happened it was such an ambush that and so much terror that what I built was layers and layers and layers I was so far away from that trauma I was I had disappeared I had severed it I had completely 
become someone else in order not to have any relationship. I mean, I had no idea. So I don't know how, and so that's for survival, you know, the more extreme the front, the more extreme the back, right? So this story I'd built of this kind of, I was told it would be a blue blooded, it was all bullshit, you know, and this man and who had money, it was all absolute fucking lie. You know, I put pieces together from like the debris of what I was told, right? So to, in order, to, it's like making a bird's nest out of like pieces of garbage, you know, but you're going to build that. I'm sorry to birds, actually, I love birds, but, but it's actually kind of, it's like building a whole castle out of crap, right? But you're, you've got to have that castle, you know, even if all around you it says, no, shack, not castle, you're busy building the castle because the terror and the truth is too, is too much. So, um, my particular journey, so I, I, the, the outcome of my dysfunction is, is I would always, you know, um, find broken people to fix. That was my thing, right? It was just part of the trauma, um, and the outcome of that trauma. And I was looking for, always looking for safety. I'm going to mitigate this. I'm going to, again, I didn't know why. And I'm going to become someone. And I'm going to save. It was all this kind of like, I'm on a mission. I'm on some kind of, (laughs) some mission. I was actually on the run, is what I was. I wasn't on a mission. I was on the run to never get anywhere near this trauma ever again. And there was a line that I wrote. And again, we, sometimes we do things where we actually claim the truth but it's kind of in metaphors right so one of the lines that I was I wrote this essay and I was like you know I left I need to go back to all the doorsteps you know I left myself at right so I was so terrified of not having a reflection of being anyone that I would always kind of build outlines around other people like you know I just there was no me I was just always trying to find safety in another person which is kind of crazy given that I'm, you know, mostly, um, I have so much, I have so much, I relish really being alone now. Um, so yeah, it's the thing first and foremost is, okay, trauma is the thing that has you on the leash. It's the thing that's imprisoning you. It's the thing that's building all these other actions around you that are distractions, are uh, simply ways of not, you know, it owns you. You're a, you're a, if your shadow is eclipsed, you're, it owns you, and you're just on the surface, you know, jumping up and down, doing whatever, but really, you're being ruled by it. Um, so I think the journey back is the journey back into the trauma, and it's a monster. It doesn't want you anywhere near it. It doesn't want you to see it or own it. And then remember, there are a lot of obstacles. Because your trauma was built not in a vacuum, but in a, a setting, right? So you have family members, you have attachments to them, you have attachments to the story, you have attachments to belonging to this tribe, even though all the, the hurt and the trauma was actually created in that back, in that furnace of them. So that's another thing that says, oh, you can't get and reveal this because then you're going to sever those relationships with the tribe. And that might be an extended family, I don't know. But everyone who's involved, I mean, the worst thing for anyone, right, in, in, 
in, in, in the sort of early times, it's like not being part, you know, being exiled from the tribe, then you're on your own, then you won't, then you'll die. I mean, that's not the case, obviously, right? But so you need to keep the armor you built and the persona you built so that you can still continue <clears throat> to participate in the tribe. That's kind of a, your livelihood. It's your umbilical cord. So there are many things that will try to stop you from really seeing what's going on. So you have to have enormous fearlessness and courage and just a fierce commitment to the love of your child and to loving you because one of the things that you sacrifice, just say, okay, I'll let the trauma win. Well, first of all, if I don't go in, that means that I'm just going to live this life in terror. I'm never going to grow. I'm always being a leash, right? I'll just be really pretending to do something, but I'm actually doing nothing. I'm just going around in circles and I'm basically imprisoned and unhappy and anxious and always like the hungry ghost, always looking to feed but never full. So I can either choose that. If I do that, well, then, of course, with that, I get my superficial attachments to family that I built an armor for who see me through the armor do not know who I am. You know, I get to... Um, uh, live in this kind of on the hot coals my whole life. So I'm always either on the run or trying to mitigate the fear. Like it's it's owning me. So I can either choose that, which I don't want to, or I can choose to go in and really face it. And it's a commitment to my little girl. And it's a commitment to me and it's a commitment to the life source and it's a commitment to becoming whole. And that's a big journey. I'm not going to, it's, it's a big journey. Um, and again, the bigger the trauma, the bigger the journey back because of the, the amount of layers that have been built to legitimize and legalize and make this whatever happened okay. It's not okay. It's not okay in any way. And I think one of the most difficult, my most awful things is it takes your power. It owns you. So what rules you is your dysfunction. What rules you is all the distractions, is all the trying to make people happy because this trauma is owning me or, you know, always trying to find someone so I won't be rejected because this trauma owns me or always doing or being small because I've got to be small and submissive and they've got to like me because the, the trauma owns me. I'm on the leash of that fucking trauma. Now, there will be hesitancy on this journey back. And there's all sorts of pitfalls. And, there's, and you will be chased and hounded and by all sorts of stuff. It's really like coming off a drug. The trauma is a drug. And it's also coming, you know, taking down the blindfold. And it's also seeing who you really are, which honestly was like, I don't really like that, Maria. Because I wasn't really there. And it doesn't mean I don't absolutely love who I am. I do. Even all of that. But I don't want to be the armor. I don't want to live as armor. I don't want to live confined, you know, 
to the four walls of my trauma. So going back, and you will disappear. That's another part of it. It's like, because that trauma has built a really powerful ego as its servant, very powerful. You know, you're, I, I was, it's like being delusional about who you are. But your belief is, you know, our beliefs are incredible. You can see that with the placebo effect. They're very powerful. No, I'm not sick, right? And you're not. No, I'm not traumatized. And you're not. So that ego is very powerful, but also very unstable. It needs to be constantly fed with the stuff that will, you know, keep the trauma at bay. I, you know, if the trauma is rejection, I'm going to go find somebody. Always, it's not, you know, that's not going to reject me. But you will, because the way the trauma works, you will find people that reject you. That's just how it works. Or if you find a person that doesn't reject you, you know, it's going to drive you insane because it's not coming from your heart. It's coming from trauma. So, you know, the... I always say it's a some zero game. It all ends up at zero, no matter which way you look at this thing. You're always going to be mitigating trauma. You're always going to be its dog. You're always going to be answering to it. And it will always make you unhappy. Um, at some point. So that's a tough route, right? I don't want that. And going back and facing it is also a tough route. No doubt about it. Might take a while. A lifetime. Who knows? But it's worth it. It's worth it because you finally unplug the motor. You finally are not eclipsed. You're in the light. You come up out of the darkness. You see who the truth of who you are. Not pretty. Don't like it that much. It doesn't really matter. You weren't there anyway. It was all a complete fabrication. It doesn't really matter. Would I rather know and see the truth? and know it and make everybody in my family uncomfortable about the truth and potentially not have those same relationships or with anybody, with friends, etc. Because it all extends out, right? Whatever the trauma is, you're building attachments that are attached to the trauma. Or do I want to build relationships from who I am? Yes, I am the child that was sexually abused and sold by my father to a brothel, to men. Yep. Both can, but everything can all be true. And yes, I was educated in London. And yes, I live in New York and I design. It can all be true. It can all be made whole and total. 
to my ego, it's like, I cannot be that person, right? This ego that we've built, the armor we've built, no, we are not. No, 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 no. You've been escaping that your whole life. No, 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 no. That person that I grew up with, oh, no, he was my hero. I had to save him. He did so much for me. I mean, that was my story growing up. My mother's PR machine, oh, he loves you. <laughs> he does so much for you. He, you know, he paid for you to go to New York. No, 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 no. That's not the story. The story was I was a cash cow for him. And the terror and fear was instilled in me in order to fulfill his goals. That's the story. So, and I'm, that's it. I know, I don't have to keep, you know, re-embroidering myself every day and pretending that everything's fine when I can, the tremors, the volcanic tremors are constantly going, right? So, you know, one of the things is also, well, okay, I, I get it, I'm this, it's, I see it, it's all been dredged up, that he's a piece of evil, I see the whole story, you know, how he, you know, I was shown, like, it was after my mother, who had money, blah, blah, I went to London, thought she wasn't going to come, she came, he used me, it was whole, you know, it's like really looking at, it's like, you know, tearing down the veil, yeah, it's like tearing down the, the curtains in the theater and behind it you know everything is seen and you know in the front you've been doing this little like tap dance routine like da -da 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 look at me you know behind the me you know it's just like Dante's Inferno all those evil ugly demons and souls and it's horrible but you're tap dancing in front because you don't think that you're capable of really acknowledging what happened and you are that's what the trauma's counting on. That you'll never go in there and see what happened. That it will overwhelm you, but it won't. And I, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, oh, suddenly you wake up and you go, oh, I know who I am. No, it's the, it, the clearing or the clarity of seeing allows for clarity in your life. Like if, you know, 80% of you is in the dark. You're not making any decisions that are of any way beneficial. You're not making decisions from clarity because it's taking up so much of your real estate. So much of your cerebral space is eclipsed. So much of, of your energetic field is eclipsed and you're really in prison you're kidnapped in fact I actually saw it in a ceremony I was on the floor my hands behind my back I couldn't move until I faced what I had to see I couldn't move I thought I was moving I thought I was doing things I thought I was making decisions I wasn't I was completely paralyzed by my refusal to betray the truth and the person who I had shrouded in some kind of <laughs> saintly rap, you know, like I'd kind of like, you know, somehow created some kind of God out of him. 
I just don't know how the fuck that happened. I literally... It's almost like putting Satan on, this, on a pedestal. Such was the fear. So it's, it's a haul to sort of throw all of that out, to take it down, to go see everything, to see the truth. And it's annoying. I mean, as, as much as I, it's, it's also, apart from taking a fucking out, you know, your whole fucking life, it's annoying as shit. Like, why? I don't know. I've been told in ceremonies for reasons, you know. But in the span of life, which there's really no time and there's no space, you know, it's not a biggie. You know, it's, I was, you, you, we get ambushed. And we don't know we're ambushed. And I think everything will take you, to, honestly, it will take you where it is that you need to go. Whatever it is that your life is or... And what happens now, I have no idea. I don't really know. I just keep, you know, allowing for the transformation, the inner, the cleansing. i allowing for all the, everything to be seen. You know, now recently my little girl is taking me into the dark in my, in my mini ceremonies. So I'm getting, she's grabbing me by the hand and taking me to see what happened. The sort of scene of the crime which I'd seen before in pieces, but not head-on with her by my side, which is beautiful. Which means that she trusts me and that I trust that I, you know, there's a trust that a child has no trust in anyone that when that stuff happens to them. They're too terrified to look at the truth. They can't believe the parent would do that to them. So, so as I say all this, it really, you know, I'm, I hope that, I'm just referring to my thing, but it, you know, to anyone, whether whatever your, your, your abuse or your hurt or anything that happened to you is, you know, to, to you know, to take the air out of that balloon of trauma, you know, first of all, great love and self-compassion. Secondly, no blame. You can't be two, three and four and take responsibility. It's just not, it's not the case. If it's owning you, the best way to really begin to address it is to register, try to register what you're doing to yourself. Like what's happening? Like where are the emotions? Where are you? Try meditation. Try to be present. It's not, there's nothing gooey dewy about it. It's just like you can't see anything unless you're, you can't see clarity unless you're present to clarity, right? Be present because what they try to do is they try to overwhelm you. The feelings try to overwhelm you. And that's how they try to frighten you. Just stay in the, in the storm, in the hurricane. Even if it's a five minutes, just stay. Even if after five minutes you're like, no, I've got to go out and do whatever. Stick the five minutes, two minutes, whatever, and keep building that. Keep building that. Keep seeing. Keep seeing. Um, and then... Let it take you where it's going to take you. It took me to ayahuasca. It took me to all sorts of, like, this unbelievable back road. Thank God. It brought me to this incredible, you know, connection to this other place, dimension. Commit to your child, little boy, little girl. Commit to bringing them home. Commit to going back and rescuing them. 
commit to them. And with that love in your heart, with that love in your heart, and it might not be there at the beginning, it might be just a little whatever, that, that, that fierce love that you have for anything in your life, dedicate it to your little child. Like it's the last person on earth. Commit to going to the ends of the earth to bringing them home. And that love in your heart, no monster, no trauma, no anything can fight that. That's so, that love is, it is your weapon forever and eternity. That love is, it's your 10,000 <laughs> horsemen. It's Alexander the Great and all his horsemen is your love. You're going to go back and rescue that little child. You're going to take it by the hand and you're going to love it like it's never been loved. And in the meantime, you had to fight off all the emotions and attachments and everything that you've built in order to not do that, in order to be separated from that pain. And you will heal your little child. You will heal your little boy, your little girl by that commitment to love so fiercely. And in that fierceness, they'll show you everything. And then, once you see, once you re-experience, that trauma has no power over you. That eclipse will suddenly be lit by the Ten zillion bulbs of Shea Stadium. There's nowhere to hide. It only owns you when it's hidden. So go, be the adventurer. Go bring yourself home. Bye.